Okay, good evening. We're going to learn a mimer. This mimer was said in, nine, in 1950, 56. Yeah, it's a mimer from our Rebbe. I am teaching tonight, um, not from what I know, but from what I don't know, I had a very busy week, and, and when I was preparing today, I was trying to prepare the Torah Or, and the Torah Or, we learned already, I mean the Lakuti Torah, and the Lakuti Torah, we learned already all the discourses on this parsha, besides for a Bior, besides one of the explanations that he has over there, <coughs> and those are extremely Kabbalistic, and I realized that I'm not doing any justice to the, if I was going to teach that, it would require either no one would understand the word, or um, it requires much serious preparation. And since I didn't do that, so I just selected a mimer without, just by random, and we, I didn't prepare. We are learning this together, okay, for the first time. So it says this week, no, I'm fine. It says that Kara Shachav Ka'ari, when Bilam speaks about the Jewish people this week and the blessings intended to be not blessings, but then Hashem converts it to blessings. So it says, Kara, he kneeled, Shachav, he lied down, Ka'ari, like a lion. He's talking about the Jewish people, <coughs> that they're strong and no one can move them as they lie like a lion. and like a, lung, a, a young lion, Miyakimenu, who can get him up? Who can make him stand up? And when the lion crouches, no one can budge him. The Issa B'Gemara, the Gemara says, this is the Gemara Mesech des Brachas, Bikshu l'kvaya parshas balak b'kriya shema. They had a desire to institute the parsha of balak in the shema. That means that when we read the shema twice a day, we should also read the parsha of balak. That's how significant this parsha is. That this should be part of the daily, daily recital of the shema that we do twice a day. Because Shema really is a selection of Torah portions from different places in the Torah. So when they wanted to enact what should be the Shema, they wanted Shem Dixiv Bey, High Krah, because it says this Pasuk. Because it says the Pasuk, Kara, he crouches, Shachav, he lies down, Kari like a lion, a Kalavian, like a young lion, because this Pasuk has a relationship to the Shema. Because the two <coughs> uh, um, expressions that are used in this Pasuk, where it says that he lies down like a lion, and like a young lion, who will get it up, will wake him up, who will make him stand up. So that, that is, relates to which it says by Shema, when you lie down and when you get up. So therefore, there's a relationship. They, they are indicative, they hint to the two zamanim, the two times of the Shema, when you lie down and when you get up. And therefore they wanted to do it, and for whatever reason it wasn't done. And in the Chedushim of the Marsha, uh, So, if you're thinking about it, the Pasuk over here is not talking about lying down and getting up. 
it says, it talks only about lying down. Because it says he will lie down like a lion. And like a young lion, who can wake him up? Who can make him rise? Who can disturb him? No one can disturb him. The lion wants to nap. No one is going to tell him that he has to go to work. So, <coughs> it's not talking about rising. It's talking about sleeping and napping so strongly that you don't rise. So, how does it fit with b'shachpacha when you lie down, uvkumecha when you rise? It's not really similar. It's not that you are rising, it's that you're not rising. So the, the Marsha explains, a kalavi mi yekimena, who will make him stand? Belosh and shayla, in a manner of a question. Shapidish bepashit bezeu inyan shel shlila. The simple meaning of the verse is, that he will not rise. No one can provoke the young lion to get up if he doesn't want to get up. So it's a non-rising. So the Marsha, in order to explain it, he says, He says, I found in Medrash Tanchuma, the Maisekrol de la Elmine, it brings the Pasuk. It's the Pasuk before this. <coughs> it says, am yakum. The verse before Karashachav that he lies down, there's another Pasuk. It says, hey, nam, they are a people, kilavi, like a, like a young lion, yakum, he will get up. Ah, so the Pasuk before this does speak about explicitly rising and getting up. This is said in a positive, not in the negative, that he won't get up. It's talking about that they are compared to a young lion, that he will rise like a lion. And there it says, quite on the contrary, there it's talking about being awake, not sleeping. And it says over there, Lo yishkav, he will not lie down ad yoichal teref until he eats his, until he eats what he has hunted. When a lion decides that he's going to go on a hunt, he's not going to lie down until uh, he achieved that which he wanted. So the pasuk before this is referring to rising, and this pasuk is talking about lying down, and therefore it belongs to the Shema in which there is b'shach b'cha when you lie down. And when you get up. That's why they intended or wanted to put this into the Shema. Now, the, the Marsha says that this fits better. He's quoting still the words of the Marsha. If we're going to darshan, if we're going to um, uh, expound and relate this to the Shema, of the morning and of the evening, then it makes more sense that. This is what we have to do. We have to combine the two verses. This is what the Marsha says. The Marsha is a commentary on the, on the Talmud with a very big focus on the Agada, on the parts of the Talmud that there is stories and uh, more drush. And the Marsha is very big over there. However, in the Maimorim of Chasidis, Neda, it comes out it appears that the proper way is like the Gemara says. In other words, the Gemara doesn't bring two psukim. The Gemara doesn't bring both verses. The Gemara only brings one pasuk. The Marsha brings from the Tanchuma that the Tanchuma says the same thing like the Gemara says. The Tanchuma brings two psukim. But the Gemara does not bring both verses. The Gemara only brings one verse. The one that's talking about lying down and it's negating waking up or getting up. Kilavi and like a young lion, me a who will wake him up? 
right? And that itself, the Gemara is saying, should be the reason why this Parsha should have been part of the Shema. The Gemara is not bringing that second puzzle. Rashi, and so it is also um, obvious from Rashi. Shemifarish, Rashi says, It's similar to when you lie down and when you wake up. Hashem protects us. When we lie down, and when we wake up, that we can sleep peacefully, and quietly, like a lion sleeps. And the lion doesn't have tension. You see other animals, when they take a nap, they're scared. They're scared of predators, so they don't have a good night's sleep. The lion, no one there, because he's not afraid of anybody. So that's why they sleep like really well. So that's what Rashi is saying, that the Jewish people have the protection of Hashem that they sleep. And, um, and, uh, right? and they sleep and then they wake up, right? So what do you see from here? Okay, so what do we see from here? So the order of the Shema, hem bepasuk, hem bemishnah, whether it is in the Pasuk, whether it is in the Mishnah, Meaning in 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 Chumash, when it says in the, in 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 Torah, when it says you should read the Shema, which Shema does it call for first? The one at night or the one in the morning? The one at night, because it says Beshach Bacha when you lie down, Uvkumecha when you get up. So the one at night is the one when you're lying down, Uvkumecha the one that you get up. The same is also in Mishnah. When the Mishnah speaks about the laws of the Shema and everybody who decided once, anybody that was ambitious ever in his life and decided that he's going to learn the entire Talmud at least gets to learn the first page, which is Tractate Pesachtas Brachas. And over there it opens up, when do we read the Shema? Ba'arvis at night. So it first begins to discuss the laws of the Shema at night, the evening Shema, and then it goes ahead to speak about the day Shema, which means because the order of our day, the Jewish day, is first night, then morning. Then we're getting up. And that's why the second verse in Bilam's blessings fit and match. Because in the second verse it says, first lying down. It says they lie down like a lion. And like a, and like a young lion, Mia Kamena, who will get him up. So it talks about waking up after lying down. However, if we learn like the Marsha brings, like we said earlier, that we, in order to to apply this to Shema, we have to bring in the previous Pasuk. So the previous Pasuk speaks first about being awake, waking up, and then about lying down. Because if you line up the two Pasukim, what does it say? It says, Hein am, behold a people, kilavi yakum, like a, lie, like a young lion, they wake up. And then in the next Pasuk it says, Kara, he lies down, shachav. So according, if we say, the Rebbe is just trying to prove the Gemara's gear, so that we're only relying on one verse, not on both verses together. Because if you're going to rely on both verses together, you're going to have the waking up Shema coming before the going to sleep Shema. And that's not the order in Kriya Shema itself, where it says, B'shach b'cha uvkumecha, when you lie down and when you wake up. And also in the Gemara, in the Mishnah, when it talks about the laws of the Shema, it also talks first about the laws of lying down and then about waking up. But then we need to understand 
if we're going to use only this verse, where do you even have waking up in this Pasuk? The Pasuk says the lion is not to be waken up, woken up. The Mia Kemene, who will get him up? In other words, the verse is expressing a non-waking up, a non-rising, not a rising, because it says me, Yekemeno, who can wake up the lion? In a manner of not waking up. We also need to understand Stated in Medrash, Pashas Vayachi. The Pidush Abbeis in its second Pidush. The Biyadachi look in the explanation of the difference between Mashakas of Kodash Shachav. It says he crouches and he lies down on Mashakas of Pashas Vayachi. You have the blessings of Bilam, and then you have the blessings of Yaakov in Pashas Vayachi. Over there it says similar. It says Kara, he kneels, Ravats, and he, and he, and he, and he uh, stretches out. Kara Ravatz, so the, over there it says in the Medrash, Kara Ravatz, as we've talked about, Mi Peretz Ad Sitkiyo. It's refer, referring to Malchus Beis David, the, the David Amelech, the Davidic kingdom. Where did the Davidic kingdom begin? With Yehuda's first child. He's blessing, because Yaakov is blessing Yehuda. And he says that you are going to Kara Ravatz, you're going to crouch. And when is that? Yehuda's son. Who's, who's Yehuda's son? Peretz. Yehuda, two sons, twins. Peretz is the father of Mashiach and of David the Melech. Great, 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 great grandfather. So the, 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 the Medrash says, Kara Ravatz is referring from Peretz until Titkio. It's a long lineage when the Yehuda was strong. Titkio, sadly, was taken into captivity by the king of Babel, of Babel Nebuchadnezzar, who... <coughs> Excuse me, we're going to have to deal with Shavasa Thomas. Hopefully it's already going to be converted into a Yamtiv. So he had taken Tzitkiyo into captivity. He, he killed him. He, he gored out his eyes. It was a horrible thing. Tortured him to death. So there it says in Medrash that Kara Ravatz is talking about from Peretz to Tzitkiyo. Now the Pesukim, however, in our Pasuk, where it says Kara Shachav, that he that he crouches and he lies down, there it says, that's talking about from ad melech ha-mashiach. In other words, there's two stages in the kings of David and the power of the Davidic kingdom. There is the first power when they're ruling from Peretz, the son of Yehuda, all the way to, to Tzitkiyo, the last of the Malchus Beis David that actually had a rulership and a sovereignty in the land of Israel. Then the Jewish kingdom kind of was humbled. But it's not that the king is not a king anymore. It's just that he's laying low. Kara Ravatz. Kara Shachav. He's kneeling and Shachav is lying down. But Jews are always a king. And the kings of, of Mashiach is always, the, the power of, 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 the, of Jewish Malchus is always there. It's however in a... In a uh, in a non-expressed, it's in a, it's in a, it's all right. So that's what it says. Karachal karachal v'hainu shekara ravat mi peretz atzit kiyohu al derech mashakasev. What it says, v'ravatsta ve'ein machred. It's similar to what it says. You will, you will lie down ve'ein machred and you won't tremble. Shu'inyan the toikaf hasholim. It's referring to the very fact that you're lying down means you don't have to engage in war. But why don't you have to engage in war? Because you're so powerful and you're so strong that your enemies are terrified. 
The toike v'ashalem v'amido v'abisus, standing and established. Karashacham means already you're lying down and asleep. From Tzitkiyo to King Mashiach, this is referring to the time of exile. Now the question on this is, if Karashachav, according to this Medrash of Parshas Vayachi, is referring to the time of exile, if we're talking about the time of exile, so why are we compared to a lion and a young lion? In Golis, the Jewish people are kind of defeated and beaten. Not the king of all animals. And then in general, we need to understand what is the connection of this crouching and lying down to the reciting of the Shema. What does this mean? The Yuvan, this will be understood. This will be understood by first prefacing. This that it says in the Song of Songs, Allah Pasuk on the Pasuk, Al Mishkavi Balailois Bikashti Eshahava Nafshi. It says in Shira Shirim, the Jewish people are compared to the bride, to the to the to the who's longing for her for her chasim. He's longing for her husband, for her for her for her uh, for the groom. So she says over there, I'm laying in bed at night. Bikashti, and I'm searching as Shahava Nafshi, the one that my soul loves, and and I can't find him. So that's what the Jewish people are saying that we're laying in bed, awake, and we want Hashem, we want we want godliness, and we don't find him. So, but over there it says Mahu Al Mishkavi. So what does it mean? So the Medrash says, what does it mean Al Mishkavi when I am lying down? So the Medrash says that the word Mishkavi comes from the word Vinafala Mishkov, which speaks about someone who is ill and is in bed. Mishkov doesn't only mean a bed. Mishkov means referring to a situation where one, when one is bedridden. They can't leave their bed because they're ill. Almari Chayli, a time of illness. Like it says, Amanda Omar, like it says, it's talking about someone getting into a fight with someone else and uh, one beat, him, beat the other person up. And the, the, the verse in Parshas Mishpatim where it speaks about the laws of legalities between people fighting and one guy hurt, physically hurt the other guy and the guy, fought, the guy didn't die and he f- fell ill. So it uses the word he ended up in the hospital. So that's the word Mishkov. So when it says, the Medrash says, so when the Jewish people are, when we say, at, when we're on my bed at night, I am looking for the one that my soul loves. Al Mishkavi Belailois is referring to when I fell asleep from Torah and Mitzvahs, when my observance stopped being so perfect, and I fell asleep. And then, oh, that's interesting. So the Medrash seems to be saying two things about Mishkavi on my bed. Mishkavi can be an illness, like a person is in bed, they can't leave their bed bedridden. And Mishkavi can also mean sleeping. So the Medrash says both. When it says Al Mishkavi Balailois, it means both. Now, these two, the Medrash, obviously, these are talking two levels in the Jewish people's state of exile, spiritual state of exile. You can be bedridden, chas you can be asleep. 
whether the idea of illness, whether it's just asleep. Both of them are indicating the time of exile. So that pasuk that it says, when I'm asleep at night, I'm seeking the one that my soul loves, is not talking in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Because the time of the Beis HaMikdash, we're not called asleep. We're definitely not called ill. The Jewish people are healthy. But at the time of exile, exile is told, called an illness. Exile is also called a, a time of sleep. So in this time, we're still seeking. Golis begashmiyas uberuchniyas. The, the, an exile in the physical and the exile in the spiritual. Or even or at least the galus in the spiritual. So So this refer, so we'll understand what does this mean to be asleep? So we see by a by the human being, by a physical human being down here below, Even when a time of sleep, the whole body, the body is complete. And the powers of the soul are also incomplete, are complete when a person is sleeping. What's the difference? Or at the time when a person is awake, when a person is awake, the powers of the soul that are interacting in the body are set in a manner where they're they're emerging in a very, very, in a very um, organized order, right? They're organized in a proper way. That's the way things are. At first you have like ideas, then you get excited about them, and then you talk about them or think about them, then you have conversations about them, and then maybe you'll do, you'll act. So things come in an orderly, step-by-step thing. The powers of the soul evolve and and, and emerge and interact with each other in a manner that is orderly. But when a person is asleep, everything is tzedrat. Everything is operating together. Like, and, 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 and things that are supposed to happen later happen first. There's a big mishmash. There's a whole confusion in the powers of the soul. Ubemela, and therefore, it's very organized when a person is awake. Mashenkin b'shashashin at the time of sleep. And then we can be like dreamers. So then, even the powers that are active, the soul powers that are active, it's interesting, you can even have intellect and emotions during your sleep. So it's not like total shutdown of the mind. It can be. But it's not organized. It's not in the, uh, it's, it's, things are still confused. And where is it seen the most? The effects of sleep is in the power of vision. Because the power of hearing, also at the time when a person is asleep, that the ear is open. There's no change in the physical, in the physical um, reception of the ear when you're asleep or when you're awake. It's, you're open to hear sounds. And therefore, when there'll be a loud sound, you can hear, you can hear even in your sleep. The power of seeing, at the time of sleep, the eyes are not eyes that are vigilant. The eyes are not vigilant. It's interesting, the Rebbe doesn't want to even say that the eyes are shut. 
They're not vigilant eyes. They're not open eyes. This is also in spiritual, in spiritual avoida. The order of a person's spiritual service, that the ten powers of the animal soul, we all have an animal soul, which has soul powers, but the ten powers of our animalistic side should be sub, subservient to the ten powers of our holy neshama, of our godly soul. And in general, in general, the mind should rule the heart. Emotion should be under the control of a person's mind. This is even naturally, a person is born this way. So as a result of this, a person is supposed to affect that his ten powers of his soul. And definitely the three garments of the soul. What are the three garments of the soul? We learn in Tanya. Thought, speech, and action. Thought, speech, and action. So if a person is in control of his emotions and of his soul powers, then what happens? Then you put your you you direct them in the right in the right manner. And that is what? You'll put them into thoughts of Torah, thought, speech of, of 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 prayer and of positive speech and positive activities. This is when you're awake, when you're controlling your kochos. So you can put them into the right things. However, when there is confusion and chaos amongst the soul powers, then the mind loses its grip over the heart. And the heart runs away and does its own thing. And then the mind, after whatever was done, the mind says, how'd you do that? And the heart says, I'm so sorry. I feel so but then when it comes again, the heart again runs off and does its thing in the mind. So the, 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 the heart is not under the restriction of the mind. It's no good. As we said earlier, the power of vision is where it's affected the most during the time of sleep. Because generally a Jew is supposed to have a holy vision, a spiritual vision. The order of avodah is supposed to be in a manner in which we raise up our eyes upward. Uru'u, it's not enough just that we have ideas in our head. A yid has to train his eyes. A yid has to train his eyes to be able to see godliness. That you look at the world and you see Hashem everywhere. Uru'u, you should see me, Bara'ela, who created all of this. Shadroya, that a person should see Shayash Manig. There is a leader, Lebirizu, that the world is not a jungle, and there is someone who's conducting the affairs of this palace. This was what the sages say. What's considered a wise man? One that sees that which is going to be born. Seeing. It's not enough understanding. To see, visualize. When there is lifting up your eyes, then you see what's, 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 what's being born. The Alter Rebbe says, what does it mean a wise man sees what is being born? Simply it means someone who can see the consequences of something. Someone who can look down. Some, yeah. Someone who doesn't, 
someone who sees, can forecast what's going to be. Uh, a, a, a person who's a fool only judges things by what is going to be today. Can't look down the road. A wise man can see the consequences of his actions. What's going to happen out of what I'm doing now in, you know, in three months from now? If he's wiser, he can even see what's going to be in two years from now. That's a simple meaning. The Alter Rebbe says it means another meaning. Ezo Chacham, what's called the wise man? Haroya, the one that can see how all of existence is being born from non-beingness every second. Haroya, the one that can see as Hanolad. Instead of seeing the world already as it is a metzias, as a substance, you see how everything is emanating from non-existence into beingness. Imagine if we can begin to see that. What kind of godly awareness we would be living in all the time. Because whatever we look at, we don't look at it as, as, a, as an entity which makes us forget Hashem. We see this cup right now is being made from nothing to something. We see the table is being made from something to nothing. We see ourselves being made from nothing to something. Constantly there's a power of God that's, emin, that's causing this to happen. So then we sense Hashem very powerfully. That's what it means. Lift up your eyes and see me, that Ela, this which are the worlds, are created from this power called me, which is Hashem. That the me created this. What's the Ela? Ela is the heavens, the earth, and everything that belongs to it. And then a person will do his avoida through In other words, then, if you, if you have that perception on the back page, if you have that perception on the back of the page we just learned, page Reish Yud Beis, it says Rebbe on the top. Whichever page you were looking in, just look on the flip back side of that same page. Yeah. So if you have the right ria, if you see mi bara ele, then you can take it from that ele, and you go, and you and, and, and you introduce the other ele. What's the other ele? Ela hachukim v'amishpatim. These are the laws. From the ele of mi bara ele, who created this? The whole world is created by God. So I come to observance. I know if Hashem creates everything every second and I feel it, then I realize I have a very strong sense of purpose every second and I stay, I stay the course of what my purpose is. And that is to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. Omnam, however, when we're in a sleepful state, however, when we don't see, why? Because we're in time of exile. And it's a time when it's lacking these lift up your eyes upward. So now there is sleep. I'm asleep in exile. And the lacking of vision. So this which, which causes a situation. We don't see the signs. We don't see the miracles that God is doing for us every moment. So God becomes only a distant concept instead of being a living reality. Then what happens? This has such a powerful effect. Which God forbid brings us to a state. We don't even know what's going on anymore. What does that mean? 
This causes a defect in the power of hearing as well. When you can't see well, can't hear well as well. <laughs> I know that when I don't have my glasses on, I can't hear. I don't. People talk to me and say, I don't know. Because I realize that so much part of the hearing is when you're looking at someone's mouth and you're, you, you can, it's amazing how much you rely on looking at the person you're talking to and, I mean, you don't have that on the phone unless you're Skyping, but that you rely on a lot on, on, on reading the person's lips even though you're not thinking consciously that you're doing it. But when you're, you don't have your glasses and if, if you really need glasses like me, and you, don't really, and you can't read their lips, so I, I don't hear. I mean, I hear, but I don't hear anywhere close. So that's what he's saying. When there's lacking in the seeing, that's going to spill over that even hearing, hearing means understanding. You see, being a Jew, on one level is that you have understanding of the truth of Torah and mitzvahs, the reality. But much deeper than that is that much higher than understanding is when you can visualize things. See it. See God. So... He says, but when you don't have vision, it even begins to compromise the hearing as well, which means the understanding. And that leads to any ton of yodeya, I don't even know anymore. Malashan havana v'asaga, which is understanding. Shechaser etzla, it's lacking. Afilu binyanim shegam What he's saying is like this. To be a real Jew, you need vision. Because when you have real vision, you're looking at God, you're seeing godliness, and then you do things, then you battle to Hashem, and you do whatever God wants, even if your mind doesn't agree with it. Hashem is so real to you. God is so real. So you can you completely, you know, go beyond your intelligence, beyond your seichel. So even if something doesn't make any sense. Okay. But what happens if your vision is not there? And you're relying only on your mind, and your understanding, and your comprehension. Then your Yiddishkeit doesn't have elements of Mesiris Nefesh. It's interesting. I do want to say something. I know I have to say this. <laughs> I don't mean this in a, in a uh, condescending way in any way. I only mean it to say that why you need chasidus. You look in the world today, you see that there's chasidim, chabad chasidim, be'ikr, are involved in reaching out to Jews and drawing Jews closer to Yiddishkeit through chasidus. But there's also other ways of coming to Yiddishkeit, not through chasidus. Other organizations do a wonderful job. And actually, in many ways, sometimes even in fact, in fact, in reaching reaching large amounts of Jews and making big changes in their life, whether it's other other through seminars. But the the difference is that it's it's all based on seichel. It's like I'm going to prove to you the truth of Torah through various different seminars and per scientists and people that are going to come and give all kinds of proofs. And by Hasidim, it's it has you use much it's it's you use a dance and a nigin. You reach to the neshama, and you do a mitzvah with the yid, and you just inspire with the soul. Chassidus also has huge mind and seichel, but it goes beyond the seichel. It goes to the place of vision. What you see is that the consequence of that, that those who are neskarim, who come to Yiddishkeit through Chassidus, have an element of like bittel, that they do things that are even if it's not seichel day. You see? And you say, oh, I'm a sugar nechabadnik. <laughs> Guys, are lunatic. So, like you say that you read that the Hasidim are a little cuckoo. You say that about it. why? It's a holy cuckooness. Literally, the guys out there with his tefillin running after Jews for relax already, stop already. You did it already two hours. No, he doesn't stop. He's running in Disneyland. Chalamoid. He's running after. Enjoy yourself. Go on. He's busy with his mitzvah. 
I say, come on, you're insane, relax. Why? Because if you're turned on from a place that's beyond seichel, then that moves you that your observance also is not limited by the mind. But if your Yiddishkeit only comes because you understand, then, then everything is limited to, to understanding, where I understand. You don't go out of those limitations and out of those boundaries. So you see that. You see that b'chush. That, that, that the, 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 if you're drawn in by something that's deeper than seichel, and like a, you know, vision and ria, then it, it, it re- registers deeper in the soul to a place where the mind is a nice thing, it's a good thing, but if you, know, you recognize it's only an instrument and a tool, but your relationship with Hashem is much deeper than the Seichel. As opposed to if you begin on the level of Seichel. But he's saying over here, <coughs> when you don't have vision, eventually it begins, to, like in the time of exile, we don't have vision, so it begins to impact even our intelligence as well. That even things we should be doing, mitzat seichel, it only it only it only makes sense to do even that kind of observance is is already lax, and 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 uh, begins to erode. Even things that are like rational, they make sense, but the mind is not even thinking clearly anymore. Even the brain, even 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 just the the intelligence gets gets uh, compromised. You should have done. And even so much, at the time of a person's sleep, it's possible to be. There can even be things that are total <coughs> antithetical to simple, to simple reason and logic. When you sleep, a person can speak, a person can say things that are utterly insane. A person can, right? You listen to a person talking in their sleep. They say ridiculous things. Right? Because the seichel is not working. And the same is in the time of exile. It's possible. That one's activities and thought, speech and action. And the ten powers of one's animal soul. Or in general, all the matters of the body. They can be in total opposite the way they should be. In other words, a person's physical behavior, behavior with their body, can become completely, meaning it's not the way they should be, as a Jew should behave. And the, and the reason for this is, we're lacking in vision. We're not, we don't have our, our eyes open, our spiritual eyes open. But this, but this is the state. We're in a state of sleep. Then, 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 then the kochos are not organized. So then the superior power doesn't have superiority over the inferior power. Because there's no organ. It's chaos. And when you have chaos, what happens? Everything is confused. Right? Those that are, should not be running the show are running the show. It's chaos. And in general, the soul is not dominating the body. And the opposite happens. The body is in control. But sleep in exile is bad. But it gets much worse than that. When not only is a person is asleep, but a person is the other meaning of, of being in bed. We spoke earlier. Being in bed, being bedridden, being ill. 
As I lay in bed at night, when I fell asleep from Torah and mitzvahs, then we can even come to a state of being ill. The second meaning of Al-Mishkavi, when I'm ill. Like it says, I don't know the Rosh Tevis of this. The At Amar, maybe. It says, He won't die, he will fall to bed. Which means over there, it means an illness. In illness itself, the Rebbe says there's many levels. There can be, you know, a person can be, you know, just has not feeling that well, staying in bed, he has a little headache. And it can be serious illness. And, and in general, in Madrega, the lowest level, is like in the simple by, by the human, human being down here. There is a situation when a person is in ill, in a, in, a, in a state, that there is a danger to his life. Danger to his life. So spiritually, it's also the same thing. A person's godly soul One's neshama is so trapped in, in his animal soul, a and in his body. And a man where they are obscuring and hiding completely. Until there is mamish a danger. What is, the, what is considered a danger? Not only is a person lost their compass in their life, not only are they doing are they living materialistically and not spiritually, but he can even do things that are very dangerous, which means actually do a sin and do even a serious sin. Or to even violate things that are connected with being punishable by death by the court. Or, or punishable by death by heaven. Or excision, which we know is uh, you know sins in the Torah that people can do when you become when you lose you know. said not only that when we come to general for prohibitions, even if we're dealing with not such severe sins, even any kind of sin, this is considered an Indian of day. See, early when he speaks about sleeping, it just means you're not dedicated, devoted to Torah and mitzvahs. You're asleep. You know, your life is about your physical pleasure. But at least you're not disobeying the Shulchan Aruch. But then there is a worse case where, God forbid, someone falls down so low that they get sick, which means they are in a danger. Which means the person is doing things that are bringing them to, God forbid, a situation where their soul their very health of their nisham is in limbo. Serious jeopardy. And for this he says, you don't even have to chas a person doesn't have to do the big, big sins. As explained in a geris ha-tshuva, ha-mashal, ha-mashal. av, when you have a thick rope, shaz or metar yag chavalim, that is entwined from 613 little strands. Right, so you have 613, and you start breaking a bunch of little strands. Every time Chas a person violates, he's cutting one of the little strands. That's going to weaken the whole rope. When someone transgresses even one of them, either he transgresses a prohibition, or he doesn't do a positive commandment. 
Nifsak chevel adak. You're not severing the entire rope, but you're severing one of the 613 strands. V'loy oy, then not only that. We learned it in when we learned in Elul. We learned Tageris Hatshuva. It's possible that with a person doing a lot of sin, and even if a person just repeats one sin many times, there can be a pegam. Even if it's a small sin, if you do it many times, it can have the same pegam, the same blemish on the soul. Like a sin, that there is the punishment of excision or the punishment of death. And like the Alter Rebbe gives an example. The Alter Rebbe says like this. If you put a little, little tiny, if you have a big wall between one person, one person is in one room, that person is in another room. They can't see each other. It's a thick wall, they can't hear each other either. Okay, what happens if they're both sitting in the same room and you put a little mechitza, a very thin curtain? If you put a thin curtain, then you can see. Right? You put a thin curtain, they can talk, they can see, even through the thin curtain. Okay, but what happens if you take thin curtains and you put a thousand of these thin curtains? It'll become one thick wall, even though it's only a thin curtain. So the repetition, the Alter Rebbe says, of many sins, even if the small, little, minor things... You repeat it many times. It's very damaging. Even light. If you do many of them, they cause a darkness. Like one thick blockage. That a person's sin becomes like the thick ropes of a wagon. When you're tying a wagon to, a, to, a, to an animal. Thick ropes. So that can happen from repetition of the sin many times. Then there is a more, can be illness, <coughs> it's not that, that serious, but it's also illness. That's called an illness of someone who's sick, but they're not in danger. But if someone already has a fever, let's say you're a fever. Your life is not in danger. If you don't take care of it, if you run around on the cold when you have a fever, God forbid you can get pneumonia. Worse than if you don't have the fever. So even though now you're not in danger, but this can lead, this is a step in the wrong direction. In general, this is called when a person is overly involved in the pursuit of permissible pleasures. And this is beyond what we spoke earlier. Earlier we were talking about a um, person just is lost their focus. But over here, meaning they're really in, 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 entrenched in, in, the, in, 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 in pleasure, even if it's permissible. Even though, according to the Torah, this is not something that is locked and bond to the klipa, to the extreme extraneous forces because if it would be then it would be prohibited to a Jew to do it it says for taiva for, for one's own um, uh, satiation one's own pleasure only someone who's separated from Hashem is seeking taiva 
When someone fulfills the requests of the body, the tithe is the law of the, the, the the taiva of the body, the, law, the, the lusts of the body. The nefesh is someone's animal soul. The opposite of what it says, sanctify yourself even where it's permissible. A Jew is supposed to approach even the most, even something that's permissible, with a sense of sanctity and holiness. Nasa nifrad. Eventually, what does that cause? It causes a person to become separated. Holiness doesn't speak to you anymore. Come separated from holiness and godliness. This is also a spiritual illness. Because a person is separated from the source of his life flow. Hashem is the source of life. What's an illness? There's a certain disconnect, certain blockage. And here there's a blockage as well. If you say to him, is that even more than this? When someone is deeply entrenched in permissible pleasures... It's not in danger because he's not coming into contact with uh, with a serious uh, virus. But this can lead. This is already opening up the door. That if today I don't, one day I don't find myself being satisfied by the permissible, I might try to taste that which is what forbidden, that which is not permissible. To come to a place of an illness that does have a danger. Now these two levels of illness, where does it really, really originate? These two forms of illness comes from even a more subtle illness. Even a more subtle illness. What's even a more subtle illness? person is a real spiritual human being. This is referring to such a refined, but that's also sick. What's the gematria of chayla? Chayla, ches, vav, lamed, hey, is gematria 49. What does that mean? Imagine, someone has in front of them open in the 49 gates of knowledge, 49 gates of holiness, but they're lacking the 50th. That's already considered the beginning of a fall. What's the idea of the Shara Nun? The 50th gate, the 50 gates of Bina. What's the 50th? The 50th bay gate is the point of contact where Bina connects to Chachma. And what does it mean in, in the service of Hashem? Bina in general means the power of a human being to understand and to comprehend. You can't rely on the mind because the mind sometimes can go off on a tangent, can go off the wrong way. So you need that the foundations of the mind, which are the first, the first initial basis, like everybody has a certain base, a frame of reference. And from there you base ideas. You have to have a certain foundation. And one's general, one's general, has to be in a, in a place of truth. That's the Chachma. When, the chachma, when you have the Chachma there, then the Bina can be healthy. It watches the Seichel that it should not go off in a, in a crooked way. 
This is the idea of a nekuda, a point, hechal. Hechal means an entire room, a whole structure. You have to have a sense of where the center is. And then you can figure out. Seichel is called Heichel. Because understanding constructs an entire construct. In many details. In order for it to be strong and true, there has to be a Nekuda there. A point of Chachma that guards the intellect. If you're lacking the Nekuda, you're lacking the 50th portal. Portal that which is connecting Chachma and Bina. So what does it mean in a person's service? We spoke about earlier. That a person's service is only based on reason. Only reason. Only after one's mind. This is already considered being ill. The guy is doing only good. Only good. He's a tzaddik. But if he's relying only on his seichel, on his intelligence, and he doesn't have the bitl that's higher than seichel, very dangerous. It's not a chayli that there is a danger. He's lacking the inner point. That's guarding him. His understanding and his grasp. He's still going in the right path. Since his avod is only on, based on seichel, alpi seichel, it's not seichel. Yes, all of shlitas aratzin, and guess what? Even though we think that seichel, intellect, is completely, um, completely objective, and therefore true, we know that when a person wants something, and you have a desire, so you make your mind think the way you want, understand the way you want. It becomes subjective thinking. Where it's no more, you know, the, the... So that's what he's saying. Since there is a... And the will can tilt and bend the, the mind. And when it comes to... We don't know where the person is. Because this person has not given himself over to Hashem beyond his intellect. So everything is seichel. So we don't know where his desire is. Where is he really holding? So even though he's saying if a person is relying on intellect, on his mind, and he has a clean, a clear mind, so what's it to be afraid? Yiddishkeit is MS, it's true. And the seichel will always push him to the right thing. We're not exactly sure. Yes, Yiddishkeit is MS, Torah is MS. But the, the will can sometimes convolute the, the, the mind and becomes polluted. Especially when he comes to a test, when Hashem will test him. Then it's possible for him to go completely off the way. The way of the king, the king of the world. And he can fall down, we turn over the page, raise your dalin to a very low level. This is called a chayli that has a danger, Rahman al and that's why chayla is gematria mem tess. Even if you're just lacking the 50th gate, that already causes illness. 
in order to negate, there shouldn't even be a bit, a bit of a bit of, sick, of illness. When you have the 50th, you can't be ill. That's why Chola is Gematria 49. When the 50th gate is there, there is no illness. That connects the Bina to the Chachma. When in Seichel, he's guarding the Nekud, the point. What's the Nekud? It's the Nekudah that through this etzem nafshayim etzem shalomayla, his essence of his soul is bonded with the essence of God. He's connected, he bonds with the essence of Hashem from his essence of his soul. That he has to bear in mind. That's what the Alter Rebbe says every that a person has to bear in mind the Indian of Mesiras Nefesh every day, that he's willing to die, Al Kiddush Hashem. You have to remember that all the time. Because if not, then everything is based on, on reason and understanding. Very easy for a person to. This Nekud is always complete in every Jew. And it can't be blocked. So, yeah, but you have to have that Nekud shining. Based on this, we can also explain a statement of the, of the Talmud. The Talmud talks about trefa, which animals are trefa. So the, the Veshet is the esophagus, the food pipe. Shinisbarai de Bala Simcha, it's explained through the Bala Simcha through by the by the previous Rebbe, who was the one uh, is Yamtiv is Yudbeis Thomas, the Rebbe said this in Yudbeis Thomas. So Magdam Lavar. Shalimud Kamoy he begins to explain over there that the Torah that we learn over here in the physical world, when Lubashas bin Yanam Gashmiyam, is all enclosed in physical ideas. But up there in heaven, you can't be that they learn the Torah in the same way like we learn it down here. The Masif to the Rikia in the heavenly academy. The Ganeidin Atachten, whether in the lower Ganeidin, the Ganeidin Elyon, or the higher Ganeidin, Lamaila Maila, or even higher and higher. The Hekrech Loima, we have to say, Sha'af Shalom Dem Shom Oisam Halachis, that in Ganeidin we learn the same Halachis. We learn all these laws as they are in spiritual matters. And therefore, the laws of trefa about an animal and an esophagus being kosher or not needs to be understood in the spirituality of the soul. So, what does it say over there? So, more specifically, there is a difference between how they learn Torah in the world of Bria, which is already a world of creation, a spiritual world, a very sublime world, but yet a creation. You learn Torah in the world of Atzilus is much higher, infinitely higher than the Torah of Briah. Your Torah as it is in Atzilus, you taught us to us in Olam Abriah. In the lower Ganeid, in the higher Ganeid, in the world of Bria, we learn these in Yanim as they apply to creations. Yet celestial beings, but still creations. In Atzilus, we learn the same halacha as it applies to pure godliness. In Atzilus, where God is one with his vessels. How these in Yanim apply to godly shamas. What does this mean? Give a simple example to this. Open up a chumish, learn a pasuk. And learn Rashi. And the interpretation of Rashi is Pshutah Shal Mikra. 
It says Avram went over there together with Sarah. So you know Avram is a man, Sarah is a woman. They went together. They, that's the story. Fine, nice. Open up the Arizal. Read the same pasuk in the Arizal. His interpretation. So he's going to give you a kabbalistic formula of what's talking about. Avram is the yesod of the of the uh, Avram is the uh, whatever yesod of of Chachma, the, the Abba, and Sarah is. Ema, Tata, Bina, whatever, and together they're walking and they came to the. And it's a whole, it's a whole different story. You're reading about godly, godly elements that are happening in the supernal spheres. It's the same Torah, it's the same puzzle. It's how it's interpreted down here, it's interpreted up there. So he's saying in each realm, we interpret the Torah in physicality. The spiritual worlds interpret the Torah in the spiritual, but still relating to creations. And in Atzilus, everything in the Torah is talking about purely divine aspects. Fine. Well, after this introduction, so he explains this that it says in the Gemara. Omar Rava, Rava says like this in Masechtas Chulin. The Veshet, which is the esophagus, has the Veshet, which is the esophagus, has two oirois. Oirois are two um, two hides or two skins, two membranes. Chitzayin Adayim, the outer one which is red, Upnimi, and the inside one, Lavan, is white. Nikov if something punctured one without the other, in an animal, something punctured the esophagus, but only, let's say, the red, not the white, or the opposite, something caused from the inside, and it punctured the white and not the red, it's still kosher. Nikov kosher, it's kosher. So the Gemara asks, why does it have to say the outer one is red and the inner one is right? If you see, it's the opposite. If the outer one is white and the inner one is red, then you know the animal is treif. Now how much, if the hole is however punctured through and through, then What? Even if it's just a tiny little hole, it doesn't have to be there. It can be a tiny little puncture, even a tiny bit. Then it's considered a trefa. Okay. So as this applies to Gashmi, as we know, you have to go to the butcher. And the butcher has to check. Gashmi And a physical esophagus. And all the details. So, for example, if there is a question that if an animal got, you don't have to check every animal. If they, uh, they, if they don't have to expect every animal with a flashlight every after you shecht every animal to see through the entire esophagus, there shouldn't be a hole. You don't have to do that. But if you have a reason to believe that the animal was attacked or something, and therefore it might have been punctured, you have to check. So we say the laws are that a veshet you can't check it from the outside; you have to check it from the inside. Ah, because the outer membrane is red, you won't recognize the blood. It, it can be a hole there, but the blood can be covering it up. Good. So in order to figure it out, you have to check it from the inside. You have to look on the white inside and see if it's all full. But if it got switched over, where inside is red, and outside is white, it's for sure treif. 
How do you learn this halacha in Gan Eden? So how do you learn this in Ganeiden? The Kolshkin be Ganeiden Elyon and definitely in the higher Ganeiden. Who be Madrega Nilus be Madrega Ruchnius? You learn this in a spiritual Madrega. Uklolis se Inyan bezeh. And what does it mean? Kemavua because ve Arizal. It's stated in the writings of the Arizal. The beer Gimel in Yonim the Kana Veshet Vivridin. We first have to figure out what does it mean in my Neshama. What does it mean to have an esophagus? What's the esophagus? Sheveshet, the Arizal says, Hupchinaz Bina. Bina is called the Veshet. Vezer Shir Achitzain, Shoir Achitzain Odoim. And that's why we say that the outer skin, the outer membrane is red. Shuinyan Adinin the Mesarin Besefe. Because in Bina it says there's a place of din. For those who follow the Kabbalah chart, Chacham is on the right side and Bina is on the left side. Bina is din. So that's why it says that this outer skin of Bina is red. What does this mean in a person's avoda? Yeah. So when are we going to... We're stopping right at the place where it talks about the Veshet. About the esophagus. Okay, so we're going to take a little break. Then we're going to finish. Okay, Shmuchaim says it's coffee break. Now. But he says it's challenge break. Okay, a beer Indian Bavoy de Saadam, an explanation of the matter <coughs> in the service of a person. The Hine Veshat Hubina. We said before, Veshat is Bina. What is, why is Veshat Bina? What's the connection of the Bina, the power of Bina, to the, to the esophagus? What's the Veshat simply? That's the food channel. Right? There's a food channel. That's the real food channel. <coughs> which are things that have taste. It's food, food has taste. That's the idea of understanding. Because understanding is where it passes through things that have taste. Understanding, ideas, concepts, that's tasting. The Gemara says thirty-nine. Also, Chulin, Daf Mem Gimel Amid Aleph. I have to look this up in the art scroll. Okay, right over here. I got it. Maskala Rashi objected. Adarab, on the contrary. In the case, the esophagus in which the animal eats and bellows. What does bellows mean? Anybody knows what? 
Oh, that's it? Okay. Very good. Revach gamdalei upashtalei. And she thus constantly expands and contracts it and stretches it. So the veshet expands and stretches and goes back. Sometimes the two non-aligned holes will con- coincide with each other. Thus the hole is considered one that goes through and through and the animal is tray for ah. You're talking about if the hole, there he's talking about if there's two skins for the veshet. Like you said earlier, the two membranes. And it could be that one of them was punctured a little higher and the other one was a little lower. Inside it was punctured here and a half an inch above that, let's say, higher. So Ravashi is saying that since the animal stretches it and this, sometimes in the midst of a stretch they're going to meet the two holes and then you're going to have a one-place um, punctuation that's going through and through. Okay? That's, so yeah, so it's... Tra- I, 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 again, I'm, I don't know the halacha. I'm just telling you what the Gemara is talking about. Okay? But what is he saying from this? And the mind also does the same thing. There is changes. You understand something this way. So then you learn the same thing, but you understand it from a different angle. That's also the reason why the Veshet has two membranes. There is the there's two levels in comprehension. In Yanavana Vasagi Kafishu who clap upon him. The understanding as it is towards the inside. Pnimi is Bina, the inside of Bina. Oira Pnimi, the inner hide. The in Yanavana Vasagi Klapachutz. And then there is an understanding as it is towards outside. Chitsaini is Bina, the outside of Bina. Oira Chitsain, the outer hide. The Mene Dinin Misarin, that's why it's red. The inside is white, and the outside is red. The inner part of the bina, the inside of understanding. The in, inner, innermost element of bina is that it's bottle to the chachma. Like we said earlier, the 50th gate of bina touches chachma. That's why it's white. The truth of it. Which is the emes. As it applies to the neshama, it's the inner part of the bina that is bottled to the chachma where it's connecting to the essence of God Himself. That's why it's white. Whiteness is indicative of unity, oneness. Like we know the Kohen Gadol wears white clothing because in on. On Yom Kippur, we're in a state of total un- unity, oneness with. Finally, because the bina in this stage, the bina is bottled to the chachma. That's when the outer the outer membrane of the bina is where the bina starts becoming more independent. The analyzing of it becomes more independent and less connected to the truth of the of, of the subject. Over there, Tzadachli is Adam, it has to be read. Because the ultimate purpose of understanding is you want from the intellect that you create emotions. And em- which is blood. Emotions are excitement. So until you want to get down to action. If you only have bitl, 
You see, here's the thing. Bittal is great. Bittal keeps you anchored to truth. But if you don't only have Bittal, you don't have action. You need action. You need excitement to, to drive action and activity. That's why you go away from the whiteness and you go to the redness. Kamaimer Razal, the Bina extends outwards into the Midos. Kamaimer Razal, the sages say, Loya Medrash Ikr, the main thing is not learning. rather action. It needs to be red. Oisius Aleph Dam. Aleph Dam. Dam Uinyan Agvuris. Dam is Gvura. Shalachain Tseva Edoim Bechlal Moira Lagvuris. Redness in general is indicative of Gvuris. Generally, emotions are excitement. You have to bring in the Aleph. See, it's always, it's, everything is balanced. Go too much into excitement, it's dangerous. Because excitement is, I'm excited, it's all about me. I'm losing what I'm excited about. I'm even losing the Nikuda. It's just me, I'm excited. And God forbid, the person can, the energy can go totally wrong. So there has to be a connection between, even in the blood, you have Adoim, Aleph, Dam. The Gevuris need to be sweetened. You bring the intellect into the emotions. You always have to get back to the Nekuda. Do this, we sweeten the judgments. Okay. So what did we say before? You're learning, we're learning this in Gan Eden now. When you have an animal that you don't know, kosher or not, and you're doing a badika. So we said you have to check it from the inside, you can't check it from the outside. Because the outer one might have blood covering the hole. We said it earlier. But the inner one, so what does it mean if we're talking about our bina? If we want to inspect our understanding, our learning, if it's kosher or not, who knows, a person can sit and learn all day and it might not be kosher learning. Because it could be there's a hole in his bina. If there's a hole in the bina, there's a problem. Because it's red. And you can't recognize the blood, like we said earlier. Yeah, it could be not learning Lishma. It's whatever it is, there's something, there's a deficiency in the Bina. That means a hole in the Veshet. But now he's going to explain what does it mean that, um, that you have to check it from the inside and not from the outside. Because No, there is a Bina. There is a Bina, but there is... No, I didn't say that. I said there's something over here intrinsically can be something intrinsically wrong with a person's Havana Vahasaga. A person has thinks they're doing well, they're learning all the time, they're learning, but you have to inspect the Veshet, you have to inspect your Bina, that there shouldn't be any holes in it. He's going to explain what that means. I don't know yet. Let's see what it means. Yeah, let's see what he means. The Indian who? Shabdiko be Indian Amidas Leda in order to inspect the emotions to check if they're holy emotions or non-holy emotions a person is excited about something you're upset about something which is an excitement you're upset 
But you don't know if this upsetness is is valid, legitimate, and it's not kedusha. You should be upset, or maybe it's just it's just pure yates, you know, a yetsahara. You know, it's from the from the unholy side. You're excited to do something, a project, or to go somewhere or to do something, and you have a good calculation of why this is the right thing to do. But you don't really know. Maybe I have a complete different motivation. Maybe it's really coming from the nefesh of Bahamas, from the klipa. So you don't know. Any You can't inspect it in the outer, in the outer membrane. As it's already coming into the midos and coming into actuality. You can't inspect it in the final, in its more external expression, because you can't always recognize and, and to know if it's holy midas or unholy midas. I don't understand why. Hold on. Even shegam midas the kedusha, because even if they're holy. We said, why can't you inspect from the outside? Because there might be a, a, a blood covering the hole. What's blood? Blood is fire, right? You can't recognize the blood. So what does that mean? What does he mean over here? Vedafka and only samidos. You have to get to the midos kifisha nimshacha mamayach habina. You have to get to the inner membrane. You have to get inside the bina, and over there you can inspect. Shazal oira pnimi pnimi is bina. Sham yacholim livda lahakir im nimshach bahamidos inyan abitul. If the midos are in a state of bitul, he's explaining something over here. As they learned this in Gan Eden, and I'm not getting it. Okay. We're inspecting the midas. First of all, why are we inspecting the midas if we're inspe- if we're inspecting the veshet? The veshet is not the midas. The veshet is the bina. From there, the midas come from. Didn't he say that earlier? And he said the outer skin is red, which means this is the place in the bina where we're beginning to introduce excitement. The mind gets excited. It's not yet an emotional excitement. It's an intellectual excitement. The mind is excited. I understand that. So then why, when he's talking about if we're inspecting the esophagus, it's really an inspection on the midas. Why doesn't he say you're inspecting your mind? So I don't know. How does he suddenly dance to the midas? And then he says, well, because when you're inspecting your emotions and you don't know where the emotion is coming from, you can't always inspect it in the outside. Sometimes you have to go into the inside of the emotion, which means get to the very beginning of the emotion as it is still in the bina, and it's, as it's still connected to the chachma, and look at it over there. So how, what does it mean practically? So the thing, the thing, hold on, the thing that's coming to my mind, for instance, is the act of Pinchas this week. Pinchas goes and he acts in a very kanoistic way, zealous way. He goes and he kills the... And the Jewish people were... Not in favor. They said, uh, you know, he, he might just be a killer. So even though he's acting, even if he's acting as a zealot, you never know. It might be coming from the wrong side. You know, his grandfather stuffed uh, stuffed uh, calves. Tavodazara did something so cruel, stuffing calves. That cruelty might have come along to him. That's what he's doing it out of, just out of uh, cruelty. And he found a good excuse to be cruel. You don't know where it's coming. 
So until Hashem had to come, and Hashem said, I'm telling you, it's coming from a pure and, and kindness, and pure kindness. Pinchas ben Elazar, that he did it not, there wasn't a trace of his own personal whatever thing. So what do you see over here? That you can't inspect it necessarily from the outer expression. But, I, but that's, that's what comes to mind, but I, I'm not exactly... So he says, because... Since the Midas of Kedusha need to have Chayos and Eslavos, so therefore you can't see the blood. Only at the beginning of the Midas, when they come from Mayach of Bina, which is the inside, Pnimis Bina, Shomach under the Yichal of Trefa. Wow, so what's happening over here? So the Rebbe is explaining over here, the Gemara, see, I don't understand, okay, let, let's leave that for a moment. Let's leave this for a moment. But let's go to the other halacha. It says in the same, in the Gemara also, that if the outer membrane is white, and the inner membrane is red, you have a problem. It's for sure trefa. If it's like if it's like an inside-out sock, you take a sock and you turn it inside out. So if the veshet, which is the esophagus, is turned inside out, then it's trefa for sure. Treif. What does that mean? So it's like this: the inside of the bina is where the bina connects to the chachma. That has to be white. That means that where a person's intellect has to be based on truths. Because the intellect that's based on, on um, if 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 the intellect is not connected to an MS to a truth, the whole thing people can build entire infrastructures of 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 of, of narishkeit of stupidity. So it has to be built on MS, which means it has to have a submission, a bittle. It has to have a bittle. In order for it to have to have bittle. The inside of a person's bina has to be calm. It can't be red. If at the very inside of a person's mind there is excitement and no calmness, that doesn't allow you to, to connect to the MS, the truth. Because excitement is opposite of bittel. Bittel is nullification. So therefore the inside of the seichel has to be white. Total bittel. Then when the inside is white and bottle betachlis, the outside, however, has to be red. Which means there, from the bina has to emerge excitement. There has to be excitement in the mind. If you have either of these switch, either in the inside is red, which means the deepest point of a person's bina is an excitement in their mind and not a bitl. Or the opposite. The outside is white, which means there is just cold understanding without any excitement. It's not emerging outward to produce excitement that will produce emotions. In either case, you have a, you have a disconnected bina and a human being that can't be alive. A dysfunctional human being. You have a serious situation of a trefa. A trefa meaning a non-kosher animal. In this case, it would be a non-kosher situation within the person's soul. Excuse me. That's the problem. See how they're switched over. 
Inside the bina, you have to have serenity. Silence, quiet. Outside the bina, there has to be excitement. Which means something like this, when you're learning something, first you have to silence all excitement to get to the MS and the truth of what you're learning. And push everything away, what you're excited about. Sometimes you learn in a minute, and start, as soon as you start learning, you're right away, oh, I know this, I understand this, and you right away start getting exciting. You don't, you're never going to see what it says. Silence everything. Bittal nullification. Connect your bina to the chachma. Fine. After you have, you have that, you have to have in the learning itself, you have to come away with an excitement. So both are necessary. The inside, the inside of the esophagus has to be right. The outside of the esophagus has to be red. Outside means the bina as it is emerging already to the emotions. But if it's flipped and the esophagus is turned inside out, it's trace. Um, the understanding is with a bread. Understanding is not supposed to be with a bread. Understanding is supposed to be calm. That's what Seichel is, calm. That's what Chachma does. It has to have in its effect. It's a fact. The opposite. When the outer skin is white, one's involvement in Kedusha things is without life and without fire. It's also a treif. If you're lacking bitl or you're lacking fire, either one is treif. Now, how much does an esophagus need to be punctured, to have a hole in it, how much for it to be possible? Even a mashahu, even a tiny little. Like it says in the Pasuk, if someone makes a hole in Shem Havaya, what does it mean make a hole in Shem Havaya? It says in Kabbalah, it says in Kabbalah, So it says in Chassidus like this, that the outer part of Bina, I know it's a little Kabbalistic, but follow along. I said I don't want to learn the other mimer because it was too Kabbalistic. So, <laughs> so he gave me over here, Azei, Azei, good. From the outside of Bina, it says, Bina creates a partition under the feet of the of the of z, of the air anpin and malchus, air anpin and malchus are the six emotions and and malchus. So under their feet there is a a parsa. Where is it coming? It's coming from the chitzonius of bina. We learned about this in many memorim. This is called the chashmal years ago. That from the chitzonius of bina comes the chashmal. Chashmal is the inter, the parsa that separates between under the under the air anpin and malchus. What does that mean? He explains over here. Between Atzilus and Bria, Tzira and Asiyah, there has to be a partition. between the, And the reason is simple. There has to be a filter. What is it, what's the idea of this filter? That the lights of Atzilus, the energies of Atzilus, should not descend in Bria, Tzira and Asiyah unfiltered. Because if they do, the powers of Klippa will get such empowerment because... In Bria, Tzir, and Asiya, you have already, you have already Ra. 
And you don't want to expose them to this real godly raw energy because then they can use it to who knows what. So that's why you have to because then these energies will fall. Someone who falls from his level is called death. We also have to make sure the reason there's a filter is that viruses should not be able to go up. The negative elements of Bria should not rise up to receive an extra enhancement from the lights of Atzilus. You have to be very careful. What happens if there's a punctuation in this external external um, hide or membrane of the Bina, which serves as the... What does this mean? It's where the light starts leaking, the energy leaks in a place where it's not appropriate. What does that mean? That through the partition, life is flowing more than that which was measured. So this is a treifa. Wow. This is all, see, why is he explaining all of this? This is all trying to explain when he says there is sickness, there is illness. And then he says there is subtle in illness. When you're lacking the bittel, there is subtle in this. He says, with this we can also explain the whole Gemara. When you're lacking in the bittel, that means there's a little hole in the, in the veshet. I want to skip the whole, the whole sifhei. And I'm going to go to Sivav. Turn over the page, Reish Yudches. Because this is just uh, being uh, pretty, 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 pretty uh, difficult to understand this whole idea. But okay. Sivav. Because the Mimer really can, can flow without this. On page Reish Yudches. But even when there is a chasarin and a, a lacking in a person's avoda. Which is the general idea when I'm laying in bed by night, either means I'm laying in bed because I'm sleeping, or it means I'm laying in bed because I'm ill. On the various different levels of illness, like we spoke earlier, what does sleep mean? Sleep mean we explained earlier. It's lacking the idea of raise your eyes upward. See who created these. And even to the point where it's chayli, where there's an illness. Beginning with the highest level of illness, meaning the least ill, is that the chayla is gematria 49, which means the person is lacking a little bitl in his service. Like we learned earlier, he's lacking the 50th, the 50th gate that connects the chachma to the bina. Which is the trefa of the veshet of the esophagus. It's lacking in the bina, the whiteness. Which is the white one, that comes from Chachma. It's the whole idea that we said it. It's the same idea of Trefes Aveshet, that you have a tre- You're lacking the Nekuda. And this causes that not only is the person not a Choyli anymore, a one second. And from this it can make that not only is 
a chayli she'em by skana, that the, 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 the person is ill with an illness that doesn't have a danger, they can even fall to the lowest level, the chayli she'yesh by sakana. Eventually, if you're lacking bittel in your service, nullification, a person can fall down so low that he should end up doing averis that a mamish endangering his life. And that's showing us how Yiddishkeit, it's amazing what we're learning over here, you know, I'm thinking into it. A person can be mamish at tzaddik, but if they're lacking bittel in their avoider, who is to say that from that chayli they will not get fall ill in the literal sense of the word and be endangered of doing the worst of errors in the world. It's all connected. They fall into bed. The only situation over here is the person didn't die. And the reason why they're not dying spiritually is because even when they do the worst sins, the neshama remains loyal to God. That's why it's not death. But they're so close to that. In a gam oz, what's the chiddush? What Shleim Hamelach saying in Shira Shirim? Al mishkavi when I'm on my, on my, when I am on my, on my, on my, when I'm on my deathbed almost, when I'm ill, when I'm seriously sick and I'm in bed, still bakashti eshahav anafshi. I'm seeking the one that my soul loves. Shu'inyana ava misteres. I still have a concealed love. As the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, even when a person is so spiritually ill, but deep, deep, deep inside, there is a there is a glowing coal that's still burning. You just have to find it. And there's also fear of Hashem, not just love. Because we all, every Jew has this, no matter how much a person sins. Deep inside, there is that flame, and that's what we're saying. Even in the worst exile, Balaylois by night. Even if I've fallen ill and I've lost my, all my direction in life <coughs> and I'm chas v'shalom so involved in all the all forbidden things. Bekashti ha nafshi. My soul is still searching. Even when I'm asleep in Golis, my heart is awake. My heart is awake for redemption. And on this time it says, Remember we said in the beginning of the Mimer that even when they lie down, they're like a lion. Even during the time of Golas, from, from Tzitkiyo until Mashiach, which is the period of Golas, when Malchus based David are not. So they're Karashachav, they're laying down, but they're still Kaari Ukalavi, like a lion and like a lovey. Shagam Bizman Shal Shechiva, Mashkavi Belailois. Shabaklalis was manakolis is a time of exile. Karashach of Mitzit Kiyoad Melachamashiach. Shuzman Hashinod is the time of sleep. Zman Achoyli in the time of illness. Hinegam Oz Yashli in Yendekari Yukolavi. Then we also have the idea of a lion and a young lion. Shaoim de Mishinasam, they get up from their bed. Umizgabrim Kolavi Vari. And they strengthen themselves like a young lion and a lion. To read the Shema. Even in this fallen state, we still say the Shema. The Inyan Bezan, what is the idea? The Neklolis Inyan Dekriya Shema, what's the idea of Shema? Kedisa Bezoyar, it says in Zoyar, the Shema Yisrol, Havaya Chod, Ubarach Shem, the two Psukim. Shema Yisrol, which concludes with the words of Shema Chod. 
And Baruch Shem, the Zohar says, this is Yehudi Allah, the higher unity, who Indian Yehudi Allah, Yehudi Allah, the lower unity. Even when a person is in a good state, they're in the heavens above. And even if they're in the earth below, a person is really stuck in the earth. You have to have the knowledge. The two unifications. Even at night, when I'm asleep. And I find myself in the earth below. There is the creation. What does it mean more specifically? The morning Shema is the higher, un- higher unity, which means there is a stronger perception that of, of God's exclusivity, that Hashem is, there's nothing but Him. And in that night, it's, a, it's, it's also a unity, but a lesser. But there's still, there's still Shema. The Klolis Inyan, the Chudet Atah, is Shilav Avaya Ba'adna. Shagam Shem Avaya, Kemoshim Eslavit, Shem Adam, Shem Elakim, and Afshal Lekim, Gemat Yateva. When you're looking externally, it's looking only at nature. You need to know you got to bring it into your heart. And from this veshet, from the first deep contemplation, which is the white side, then the red side, from this creates the excitement about this MS of Enoid Movadi. It affects. Even in a situation of illness, and sleep and illness, that a Yid can still reach Shema. What he's saying basically is, no matter what your situation is, in your spiritual life, how many sins you've done, and what kind of horrible place you've placed your soul, you can't stop learning Hasidus. That's the summary of what we're learning. You still say Shema. You're laying over there, you're groaning, coughing blood, you're in bed, can't move, you're sick. What are you still doing? I'm seeking the one that I love. How? I read Shema. Even when I'm lying down. Kariya Kalavi Mia Kemena, as we see. It's the Indian of Krishna. Because we said in the beginning of the Maimon, they wanted to take this parsha and put it into Shema. Because this parsha is referring to reading the Shema even in this crouched state. Why? You can still contemplate God's unity. You can still contemplate God's unity, no matter how dark it is. And what's the point? Surround me with Ashishis. Ashishis are old, aged wine. Because I am ill with love. How do you respond to sickness? Is Ashishus. What's Ashishus? The call of Torah. Referring to the Torah. Because Ashishus means two Aish. It was given on black fire or on white fire. It's also referring to Tshuva, which is the fire. 
It consumes the alien fire of the other side. The negative desires and alien wants that sometimes a Jew dominates in a Jew's life. You have to fight it. Fire with fire. Tshuva. Fire. We'll skip the Vyesh Lohesif. Pisa, based on this Yuvan Magorisiv Zion. Masha Kasa Bigamara, what it says in the Gamara, Big Shulikvaya Parshas Balak Bakriashima. They wanted to institute Parshas Balak in Shema, Bishimdh Siv Bay Hey Kra, because it says this Pasik Kara Shachav Kari Kalavi Miyakamenu. It comes to indicate even at this time when we're still laying in a crouching position. In time of exile. In a matzav of sleep. And even if it's illness. Yeshna avoida the kariya kolavi. There is the avoida of a lion and a young lion. His gabir to prevail al kolamini is vaykuvim on all the obstacles. Adla mesiris nefesh until a point of total mesiris nefesh. Zawadiya kariya kolavi, a lion. Kari di yutkifa, a lion is strong. The kolavi di yutkifa yatir, and a young lion is even stronger. Shamayra al inyanat shuva. This is indicative on the idea of tshuva. The bal tshuva, see, a regular person is called a lion. A bal tshuva is called a young lion. Why is that? Because the, 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 the Zohar says that the, the young lion is much stronger than the regular lion. And the Zohar also says, the bal tshuva, their draw to godliness is with an intensity that the tzaddik doesn't have. This is what also says, Remember we asked in the beginning of the Mimer, it asks the question, who will get him up? So if we're talking about waking up and reading the Shema, what does it mean, who will wake him up? It's a wonder. Why? Because it says, when Mashiach will come, Hashem is going to bring the Yetzahara. And, we, and, and tzaddikim, Nidmalahem kahar gavoya. The tzaddikim are going to look at the evil at the evil inclination, and they're going to say, "Wow, it's a huge mountain. This was huge. How in the world did I ever scale this mountain?" They're not going to believe how they beat the Yitzhar. The Rishayim, who who succumb to their evil inclination, are going to see the Yitzhar like a little mouse, and you say that little nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't overcome it. So why was Hashem playing games? The answer is that tzaddikim get a bigger yetsahara, and the more they don't sin, the bigger the yetsahara. Because it says whoever is great against, and yet so they add the superpower, heavyweight champion, uh, whatever his name field Mayfield yetsahara, Mayweather, whatever his name was yetsahara, and yet they beat it, beat him. But the the the, the 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 wicked they succumb to every little thing. So the yetsahara just doesn't have to, doesn't even have to go to the gym. The yetsahara of the wicked doesn't even go work out. He just comes around. He's like this real sluggish guy, you know, this and this, and comes around and knocks the person around and punches him around. And then when Mashiach comes and you look and you say, you? You're the guy who punched me around like this and slapped me around? Give out. So 
That's the idea of me, a kemeno, because you're wondering, how in the world were you able to get up? On this... Even God is going to wonder, how do you do this? But Hashem helps us. Then we're able, that's what it means. Even though you're lying flat, Golis has taken such a toll on you. That you're sleeping, not only sleeping, you're even sick. Not only with the little, the little light sickness, potential sickness that you're lacking, the bitl, but there's serious sickness. You're doing avera, no p- permissible sin, permissible uh, taiva. Not only that, avera. Not only little averas, but the worst averas. And yet, mia kamena. How do you, how do you get up to read the shema in this situation? How in the world did you read the shema? And the answer is me. The mysterious one, Yekemenah, helped us up. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu Israel, God helps us, and he's called me, the one that we don't know. It has an effect on us. It says in the Pesach, who will give that this heart should be with them to fear me? So it's simply you learn, who would give that their heart should fear me? But the deeper meaning is not who will give. Me, the one that's called me, Yitain, he will give that this should be their heart all the time. We do get up. You get out of bed. You get out of the illness. Vashina shall go us in the sleep of exile. In other words, ultimately, Bilam says, whatever these Jews are going to go through, no matter what kind, whatever you're going to look at them, look at them in, in 3,000 years from now, watch them, watch them at the brink, at the brink of total assimilation. And guess what? They're just going to get right back up from it. They're going to get up. And we're going to wonder how. Me, a kemenu. The one that empowers us to serve in the time of Golos, miracles that happen in Golos also gives us a boost. Part of what gives us an extra boost in exile is that God gives miracles. There's two types of miracles. One is similar to the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf, Shoyanez Goli was a very revealed and open miracle. And at the time of the redemption, there was a complete redemption. The second one is the, is the miracle of, of Esther. These are the miracles that happen camouflaged. I will hide my face on this day. The calls Managolus is referring to the time of exile. In a situation when we're still slaves of Achashverosh. Even in the evening. In such a lowly state when we're crouching and we're slaying. God does miracles. You see miracles that happen. He's referring to the miracle of Yudbeis Tamas that his father-in-law came out of jail from Russia. Miracle. And so is in the general time of exile. And even in a very dark time. 
Sometimes there's miracles in a manner where there is a big miracle that's beyond nature. God does from time to time an incredible miracle which gives koach to the Jewish people that even when they don't see the miracle, they're able to continue because they saw it once. Even when you're laying in bed, that we said earlier, no matter what you go through in your life, you still get up like a lion to read the Shema. To proclaim God's unity. That the me is going to get them up from the darkness of exile. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I was a little off. I was just so tired, I can't keep my eyes open. So I was rushing a little bit. Yeah. But I think even though we didn't understand the whole mimer, and there's a lot there that we some of skip, but the general thrust of the mimer is, I think, was 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 there. Yeah. Okay.